I'll tell you what, though. I didn't wa- I didn't see last week's episode, so I'm a little in the blind. But, like, this is the best episode I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? Be- bar none. It was pretty great, I thought. It's, I mean, it is, it is, so before it gets started, my wife says to me, this is going to be, because based on just on the last week trailer, um, this is going to be like the, the, the one man show, right? Yeah. And then after it was over, she said, wow, I was kidding about the one man show, but it really was the one man show. And it was, it was phenomenal. I just, the way it was done. Yeah. I have a l- little bit of an issue at the end, but that, <clears throat> but that's. Just because I wasn't expecting it. I feel like we've already started the show, so let me explain. This is the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm here with Mr. Philip Mosalak. Hi. Hi. <laughs> See, now people know what the heck just happened. Uh, Doctor Who doing all sorts of things, crazy things without format. They did an episode without the opening credits a couple weeks ago. They killed the companion last week. And, uh, and this week, we get uh, an episode that is almost entirely Peter Capaldi by himself. With one very short exception at the end, and somebody under like a mask who you never hear, who apparently is made of gears, but it that didn't seem to be the case. Uh, yeah, at the time. Or, or yeah, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's a it's so the first and this is a little longer than usual. It was like fifty two, fifty three minutes, something like that. It was a little longer. They're usually about forty five. Um, and it was yeah, it's it's a. Uh, Okay, so I had an inkling of what was going on in the very first scene because an unseen hand pulls the lever and the doctor appears and it, it they fade away, and uh, and uh, I, I look at that like teleport thing and I thought this looks kind of it looks kind of Tardisy it looks kind of time lordy it's got the it's got the lever and I'm sitting there thinking, um, you know I wonder if this is all going to wrap around and we're going to find out that it's him who pulls the lever so I I sort of expected that but I you know I and then and then there's that great scene about halfway through where he um he's jumped in the water it's less than halfway through and he comes to the the room with the fireplace and his clothes are are waiting there dry <laughs> and he changes yeah. into him from the same clothes that are wet and then puts the wet clothes where the dry clothes were and I thought well that is that is professional level time traveler cuz you, you you know you just got to roll with it and like I guess I leave these here and I come back for it and that was like a clue about what was going on and for me that was the moment of like oh yeah so he's he's repeating this or at least has done this one, at least once before because you know that that we saw the hand and all of that and well that, see and I was thrown because I thought well, wait a minute. He says the rooms reset. Right. And but they really don't reset. It's his his repeating the events. And I just got that now in my head and I'm like, "Oh, dog on it. I yeah. got you got me." Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's really interesting. So so um, you know, this episode starts with this narration where he he's talking about um you know, something is following you and, uh, you know, and then at some point you let it, you, you wait and, and your life is over. And he's talking about like sort of death is following you around, but it may have some other meetings as this episode, uh, episode uh, goes, um, you know, he appears in the teleport. We get the credits. It's just Peter Capaldi because Jenna Coleman, um, is not on the show anymore. Although she's in this episode, it was totally like, we don't want to list her because then people will expect her to appear. And so they, they kind of like, like tweaked it. And then we get the moment where the first thing he, he says is uh, I can tell that I haven't gone uh, more than a single light year and I'm in the same time zone. So he's like, I didn't travel in time, which again, it's one of these things that's sitting out there in plain sight 
and doesn't seem super important other than that, you know, he he can't be in the past or the future. But it turns out to be really important in the last five minutes of the show, which is this kind of mind-blowing final five minutes. Well, we- and, the pro- and the production value in this one seemed way high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was beautiful. Like, even, like, I started listening to it just because the family was watching uh, some show on TV. And so I decided to just put headphones on. And I was amazed at even the sound design and and the musicality of the episode. Yeah, the score is... I, I noticed the score at several points, that there are a few different things that they do with the score. Uh, that's Murray Gold um, doing, the, doing the music. And I was impressed by that. I was impressed by the, the look of it. I mean, it helps that this is a... I mean, it's not a one set episode, but it's a, you know, they, they've got their kind of castle and their interiors and it's kind of everything is all is basically of a kind. And there aren't that many sets in this episode, but uh, it they they look great. Um, and uh, and then you get Peter Capaldi, who is talking. One of the problems with doing the one one character episodes of a show is why are they why do they ever talk? Right. And True. I think they did a good job here where he's talking to Clara, basically, who because he's used to having a companion, but he doesn't, but he's still going to talk to her because that's what he does, is explain things to people. And and so he's explaining them to us. And then when he goes into his little head TARDIS, which is another really cool thing that happens when he jumps out the window and is about to hit the water, um, it was a little Sherlock-like. You know, oh, very, right? very, very Sherlock. Right? He's, got, he's in his mind palace or whatever, and he's kind of breaking it down. But the Doctor is kind of Sherlocky. But since this is Stephen Moffat, it's not, it's not that surprising. But I really like that moment that, you know, he, he jumps out the window and then he's in the TARDIS. And you're like, oh, uh, what just happened? And then you realize he's actually plunging down and he's slowing down time basically by thinking really fast. He's gone to his happy place, which is apparently the TARDIS, <laughs> and he's working things out. Well... And I have to wonder, like, the whole idea of this confession, Yeah, where where does that lie? Because, I mean, there's always these secrets that he has, and then the idea of the hybrid. Yeah, it's been, it's been floating, so it's been floating around since the beginning of the season. There have been lots of talk of hybrids the whole season, so that's obviously been like a little bit of a, a clue and a thread. And they brought up in the very first couple episodes this idea of the confession disc, which we've never heard of before, which is his last will and testament, and nobody knows what's in it and all or, and all of that. And then uh, last week, um, last week, a shielder, uh, Maisie Williams, uh, takes it from him, and and then he's teleported. And I guess in reality, what we've been seeing is, as this episode reveals, is he he's in the confession disc essentially and and the way that this machine works is it gets his it gets his his confessions out of him and that that's um it's an interesting idea and halfway through i'm like well it's it, it this is a machine that operates on him telling the truth about things and confessing so this is you know that we've already heard about a time lord confession kind of thing this castle is all kind of geary like it's like clock and gear like which is a very time lord kind of thing so it sort of makes sense but you know it, it's interesting that he he what we get is some some confessions out of him where he's making admissions like the fact that he says i didn't leave gallifrey because i was bored i left because i was scared which is not something that he's ever said before. I thought that was really uh, an interesting little bit. And he, you, you get the sense that he, he means it, and he knows he needs to tell the truth, and there's nobody else around to hear it, so it's just him confessing to whoever is the, you know, running the show here in this weird castle. Because technically that's the only way he can get out, is to 
to make these confessions. Right. At the very least, it makes the like, yeah, it makes the castle move. It makes the monster <clears throat> stop. Whatever it is, it's it, clearly this this machine exists to elicit uh, confessions out of him and terror and terrorize him and torture him. You know, which he basically says this is that's that's what this that's what this is made to do. It's made to be a hell that he's trapped in, but it, it also is made to get these confessions out of him. Although he says at one point, is this is this heaven or is it hell? Uh, it doesn't matter. Hell's just heaven for bad people. <laughs> Well, and but then he has that shock, that that cold water shock, that I'm going to be doing this forever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, what we what, so what we end up seeing, if you pull back, and this, um, it reminded me a little bit. I thought about like there's the there's that Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where they repeat the same loop five times. Um, that I was getting the vibes on. I mean, this is not a new kind of story, but the way it's told here was was different. I mean, we 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 walk him through the first time, and he's like, you know, there's so much in here that could not come from anything but his mind. He explains that when he was a kid, there was a lady who died, and it was a hot day, and there were flies everywhere, and that's always been something he's remembered, and now that's what the monster is that's coming to get him. And there's that picture of Clara on the wall that's very, very old, um, which is like, how could it be there? And it's obviously tailored just for him. Um, all of these things, I mean, he says it's a fully automated haunted house, a puzzle box designed to, designed to scare me to death. It must be Christmas. Um, but uh, so so we get all of that. He's, he, he digs down and finds a message that says, I'm in 12, which is also funny because he's number 12. And um, and then we get to the the and up to this point, I think it's really entertaining and interesting to watch him figure this stuff out. And I thought, well, this is what the episode is: is he's going to figure all this stuff out because that's what a Doctor Who episode is. And then we get to the the last part where he realizes that um, uh, that that it's more complicated than that, and he might be here forever. Um, and he looks at the stars. There's that moment where he looks at the stars and and says, no, 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 that's not right. Where he's getting the inkling that there's something really wrong here because this should be, it's 8,000 years or whatever uh, later than it should be. And what what does that mean? Um, And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And well, see, and then that, that, that really that slow burn buildup where you go through one loop with the doctor Mm -hmm. um, and then you realize, well, He's he's burned. You know, there's no way he's getting through this super diamond that's 20 feet thick. Right. And it's just like, well, it's over. And then then starring the, the loop. Now, beyond that, now with the whole I am tw- or I'm in 12. Have have they nullified that? Basically, he can be he can go to 13, 14 and on now. No. So that happened in the last the last Matt Smith episode. That what they did was they said he he's um, they said Matt Smith was the eleventh Doctor, but you also have to count when David Tennant uh, regenerated into you know himself and and made the the duplicate him that went off with Rose in that episode, and that That's you also right. and you had to throw in um, from the from the fiftieth anniversary episode you have to throw in John Hurt as the the one that they didn't call the doctor that who fought uh, in the time war yep. at which yep. point that that was the end of the cycle so in that last Matt Smith episode he basically says i guess this is the end and clara basically goes to the crack on the wall which she's she thinks is the time lords looking from the other side and says um help him and they 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 grant him essentially new a new cycle so i think that's the idea is that peter capaldi is at the at the start of a new 
uh, regeneration cycle, and which is good for the show because you know. Well, yeah, you got to keep them keep it going. So that's but that's how they did it. Um, but he still counted as number twelve, and you know there are a lot of inside jokes about Matt Smith. You know where there were elevens everywhere, and now and now we get we get the twelve. Um, and and this is the moment where you get that thing again to go back to that next generation episode. It's like, do you remember that Star Trek episode where they they loop around a bunch of times? You know, it was funny because I the the episode I did with Scott um, had a whole bunch of time paradoxes and things, and but I can't remember if I've seen that one. Well, it, I mean, they 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 relive the same thing a bunch of times, and and in that one, a little bit seeps through every time. Here, what's happening is. Um, the one thing I guess that doesn't reset in the time loop is this is the 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 wall at the end, um, and uh, and because that's how he's able to make progress at getting out. Um, but uh, so in the next generation episode, they send sort of like there's more deja vu as it goes, and I don't think the doctor does that now. The doctor just sort of reaches the same conclusion in all of these iterations that he does. Um, so I, I feel like that that's that's the that's the difference here. But in the end, it's very similar in in that instead of um, in the next generation episode, Data sends this message um, three of the, just the number three. It's about all he can do, and eventually he figures out what that means at the right time and puts it all together and gets them out of the time loop. And here, what happens is the Doctor, after he's been zapped by the monster and crawls over you know a period of a day and a half, crawls to the top of the tower into the room that's got the teleport in it, and realizes he's going to fry himself in order to activate the teleport and bring you know, another copy of himself into the world at that same moment. Um, he, all he has the energy to do is write bird. And so it's a very similar thing. And what does, what does bird mean? And, you know, that's the, 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 it's the same idea though, that at that moment he's going to think, um, this reminds me of the bird that, that, uh, that pecks and pecks and pecks at the thing. And over the course of many years, it has this impact where, it, where it makes a difference, even though each individual sort of peck, has nothing uh, and does nothing, and uh, that's the uh, that that's what you know. I, I think that's really cool that that's the the message that he gets. He figures it well, out. Well, and that. we get and we get that last phrase um, before he gets um, burned up. You know, it, he keeps ex- expanding it, so we get the full sentence of you know a, a bird pecking and whatnot. But before he you know goes and right does the final hit right because there's variations right like i i thought I, I gotta be honest i got to the part where they where where he brought back his duplicate and i thought well this is going to be the end of the show and then next week they'll they'll reveal this has been a uh, li- i did too right a nice standalone like, episode that starts where it ends and you're like oh wow and then next week i guess we'll break out of it and then no that's like then there's 10 more minutes where it all where millions of years pass <laughs> billions I literally, billions of years yeah. pass <laughs> i mean you talk about that's persistence. And so I have to assume all those skulls are, are him. him. Yeah. Well, there's that oh. dissolve. There's that dissolve where it dissolves from Peter Capaldi to the skull. Mm-hmm. And it's a match, right? And, and I kept thinking, well, it's weird that there's just all those skulls down there and no bodies. But this is the thing is the skull is what's left uh, attached to the thing and gets thrown out the window and falls down. And that's what makes all the skulls. <laughs> and that's Goodness why it's just skulls gracious. that are there. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, but I like the iterations. How he said, not only does he keep counting on, he says it's been eight, you know, it's been thousands of years. It's been two million years. It's been fifty-two million years. It's been a billion years. It's been two billion years. It's been more than two billion years, right? Not only that, but he dies at slightly different points, and he says different things, and and so we see in that in that series of quick cuts. Uh, that that keep you know speeding through um, different variations on the same thing, but all all of that is leading to him punching that diamond wall a few times before he dies, and over time the diamond wall gets deeper and deeper and deeper until at some point billions of years in the future he hits it and it um and it it, it and it cracks open and that's and that's the uh, the, the resolution but it's and it wasn't the tardis that was in there no that it's just a uh, you know he he thought it said home right it oh, said home that, that's and, right that's and right. he thinks it's the tardis because that's his home but it turns out it's not the tardis it's gallifrey which they've been alluding to since last season yeah that he has to go and get him out of a pocket universe yeah yeah and that's from that same last matt smith episode the idea and from the 50th anniversary episode that it's out there somewhere and there's been this you know they, then you go a couple of years without actually dealing with it and there's this thought like well um what does that mean then um are they ever going to get to it maybe maybe they don't have any plans to get to it right away and they're just going to let it sit out here but here we have it where he uh you know he goes through this trial and gets to the end and steps out of, you know, the portal or whatever that's coming from his confession disc. And, um, and there's a, there's like a kid there <laughs> and he says, go tell him that I'm back. Um, and, uh, we pan around and it's the, and I, I was at a moment where I was like, okay, are we going to see the Dalek city from the beginning of the season <laughs> or is right. it going to be, or is it going to be time Lord city? And it's the, it's time Lord Citadel. It's, it's, uh, it's Gallifrey. He's back. He's back home. We don't know any of the details because other than the little kid and he, he talks to Clara as he's dying, which is a nice moment. Um, he talks to her in, uh, we just see her back and it's very clearly not really her. And, uh, she's writing on a chalkboard cause she's a teacher and, and you get that, you know, again, they're playing with us, right? That's the idea. Like, well, she's not in the show anymore, but they've got a representative of her, but we do actually, in that last scene we hear her and then you think oh well they have her doing a voiceover and then we see her so it's like totally playing with our expectations of whether she's going to be in the episode or not and then you know i, I wasn't expecting you know get your ass up you yeah. know that's that's one of those those weird moments i've seen that in other movies it's like get up get up you know and and to have him get that kind of boost yeah and she and yeah it, it's because he's he's that's the moment where he's at his lowest right he's like why can't i lose I can't keep doing this. I'm tired of winning. Why can't I lose? I remember it all. Even if I win, you'll still be gone, he says to Clara, his yeah, his vision yeah. of Clara. Whatever I do, you still won't be there. And that, and, and he's completely reduced to, I just want to lose. I just want to die. I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. And that's when she appears and says, get over it. Her own death, right? Get over it. Wow. Beat it. Get up off your ass and win, right? So it's the this last gift uh, from Clara, and and that and that pushes him over to uh, talk about the hybrid, and uh, yeah. So go walk me through that a little <laughs> bit. That the hybrid is not a Time Lord and a Dalek. Yeah. So in the first two episodes of this year, they talked about how the Daleks were trying to make a Dalek Time Lord hybrid, and um, and that that was kind of weird and interesting and um. 
And here what we find out is that this is a dangerous secret and it needs to be kept. Um, and that this is why I'm afraid. And then when he, when he reaches Gallifrey, he says, um, they're wrong about the hybrid. <laughs> the hybrid is not half Dalek. Nothing mm. is half Dalek. The hybrid that's going to like basically destroy Gallifrey and take it over is me. And that's the, that's all we get. And that's the end. So I don't know. This is all the information we've got is that it is, is the hybrid something to do with the Daleks at all? Or was that just a legend? He says this was a, this was like an, a legend before it happened. It was a prophecy, whatever it was that this, that this, uh, that this hybrid was going to be here, whose side would it be on? Um, and there were legends before the fact the Time Lords knew it was coming. All of that stuff before the Time War, it was out there. And and what's clear from the beginning when he starts talking about this is the Doctor knows the answer. He's the one who knows what the deal is with the hybrid, and everybody else wants to know it. But only he knows it. And he says, um, not not only do you get the implication that the reason he left Gallifrey is, is because of this, because he was afraid of this, he says... Um, you know, I know it's real. I know where it is, and I'm afraid. And uh, and so now we find out that it's him. So the, there are lots of questions there about what does that mean about the doctor? What does it mean that he's the hybrid? What is he a hybrid of? Um, you know, a hybrid is is a mixture of two things. Exactly. But so, you know, when they said that though, I, rem- I it just it occurred to me way back when when the Daleks that one particular Dalek had said you you you. You would be a good Dalek, right? Yeah, yeah. I know you're right. That that is, he's been told a couple of times that that he would be a he would be a good Dalek. I don't know. There's also I, I went back. This is total Doctor Who nerdery, but in the um in the Paul McGann TV movie, he says wow. that he says that he's half human on his mother's side, and I had that moment of like. Well, okay. So previously, the Doctor has been referred to as a hybrid one time. I kind of doubt they're going to cart that out from uh, 1996 or whenever that TV movie was made. But who knows? Um, I don't know. It, it is. I, I have to admit, I'm. I'm not totally blown away by it in the sense that this is the kind of thing that, like, having saying that the Doctor is special is. Um, this show does that a lot, but I'm a little surprised at the way that this came out that, you know, there's this legendary creature. I mean, we've heard that before, right? That it's like the Pandorica was designed to hold in the, the greatest monster in the universe. And it turns out it's meant to hold the doctor. That's right. 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 <laughs> so him being the answer to the the mysterious question is not new, but uh, the way this is told, it got me because this is, asks some fundamental questions about who he is and why he's been hiding and why he's been uh, running since the very beginning. And is, is this all kind of a trick or is this the truth that, that he's uh, you know, this is, this is the resolution of uh, why the doctor is kind of at odds with the time Lords. And, uh, and then you have to ask, is Missy involved? Is, are the Daleks involved? Cause they were involved at the beginning. Um, I don't know. Lots of questions for next week. What's funny is that we get no answers to any of them here because, uh, or to almost any of them, because this is the, the Peter Capaldi one man show episode. Yeah. I, you know, and I honestly, when we had, when Timothy Dalton was in that episode with the master. Oh, right. Right. You know, I the wouldn't end of want time. exactly. I wouldn't want any of those guys coming back. No, they they were bad. They were, they were horrible. Time Lord uh well that's one of the things that's actually a problem with um 
with the uh, the bringing back the Time Lords thing is the last time we saw the Time Lords, they were awful and basically were willing to destroy the universe in order to uh, win the Time War, right? To destroy everything in order to win the Time War. So if you bring them back, how do you do it and have them not be this thing that needs to be destroyed? But maybe that's the answer here is that part two of the of the resolution of the Time Lords not being destroyed in the Time War is that the Doctor has to destroy them or destroy their leadership or their society or something and that's this prophecy that he has to fulfill uh, that would be an interesting way out of it because yeah you can't be like hey the time lords are back oh right they're power mad uh, uh monsters who want to destroy everything in the universe you can't you can't do that you can't go back there you can't yeah and ring that bell a, yeah and maybe this is an allusion to breaking a cycle like you know i keep doing the same thing the, the time lords have done things over and over the same way they go back in time they you know they they flip it around but they eventually everything loops around right. everything's circular so what would happen if i break a cog hmm. that's really interesting that this this is because uh, that, I mean, that is what this whole episode is. As it turns out, he's just he he literally is doing the same thing over and over again with one incremental difference. But basically, it's all it's all exactly the same. So what, it's kind what, of nature versus nurture. Yeah, is he breaking the cycle here or not? I think that's an interesting theory. Um, you could also throw in there that the, the the life of a time lord. He mentions this at one point that that time lords. I thought it was really interesting. The time lords take a lot uh, a long time to die. Even if we're too injured to regenerate, it can take days. That's why we like to die with our own kind. They, they know uh, they know not to bury us early. I think that's really interesting. That was creepy, right? And, and it gets it's like the fears of of being being buried too soon. And of course, we've got that that grave. It appears, although there's nothing at the bottom of it in the middle of the of the of the castle but i wonder about that and then i also thought about the cyclical nature of being a time lord right that if you can regenerate this is what happens is you you know you you die and then you come back fresh and you do it all again and and then there's no respite so that his life is is like this too um this is like it a really little microcosm is. of his life that's a great that's a great idea right there because essentially all the doctors even though they change a little bit and Peter Capaldi within the confessional, he does little things differently, but on the whole, it's exactly the same. Right. But so each each of his incarnations all have the same kind of baggage, if you will. Right. So the, it, right, just with some variations. Right. That's uh. a, see, um, you know, but overall. Uh, boy, you know, boy, this was fun to watch just because it's all, it's all just all him. It's all Peter Capaldi all the time. And he's so good. You know, I, this is the one episode that has really probably converted me all the way to him hmm. because I, I liked him, but I, you know, there was something about, about him that I just, it, I, I wanted to like him a lot more, but this episode just putting him in a, in, in a, a one-man show changed everything. And there was even a couple, if not just one, uh, where he actually looks at the camera, looks at the, like, looks at the audience. Oh, yeah. Which, which felt like really like, like I was watching a play. Yeah, like there's an aside. There's there's a moment because you know when he's talking to to, to Clara, and at one po- at one point he looks right at the camera after he's been talking to Clara and says, um, you know. What is it? Who, who is it like? Who am I if I'm not showing off for somebody? If I'm not yes, right? That's what exactly what it was. <laughs> if I'm not explaining it to somebody, yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's he's actually in that in that moment. Um, th- this is this is what he does, and we, we you know looking into the doctor's mind is kind of new, and that's really interesting. But the performance aspect of it that even if Clara is gone, he is still performing. He's still there to impress her, and she is the representative of the audience too. So he says, "Oh, he says I'm nothing without an audience." I think that's the line. That's, right? and he, that's exactly and he's what looking it is. You're at right. the You're, camera when he yeah. says it. It was perfect. I mean, it was just like it was just such a delightful episode. Like, and again, like production value. There was no look. I I, I love rubbery aliens as much as the next guy, <clears throat> but there are times where that has really kind of like taken me a little bit out mm-hmm. of who. Yep. And but if you give me a, the solid solid story and this guy really struggling. That's 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 character, and that yeah. like that really propelled me to saying like, ooh, there are some episodes that I've missed, and I need to go back and see them now, mm-hmm. because I was like, like I I just couldn't deal with a lot of rubber. Yeah, there are there are rubbery aliens. It's a thing that happens in Doctor Who, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but this was something special. Yeah. Oh, I agree. This is so. There was an episode a few years. No, there was an episode last year called Listen that Stephen Moffat wrote. That's sort of a standalone uh, episode where where Capaldi talks to the camera for a lot yes, of the episode. Yes. 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 And, and and this and there's the there's the chalkboard and all of that in that one. Here, that's this is like that for the whole runtime, right? I mean this is nothing but him talking more or less to us, although he is sort of like again, he's talking to his proxy Clara, his imaginary Clara, but um, it could have been, I actually at one point wanted it. I, I understand that because he's mourning her, it's always Clara. But at one point I thought the other cool way you could have gone is to have him keep looking at the, uh, looking at the, at the, the back of the companion who's at the chalkboard and have it be, Oh, now it looks like Rose. Now it looks like Sarah Jane. Now it looks like mm. Donna because really, yeah, it is Clara and he feels bad about it. But at the same time, she's a proxy. She's, you know, he, there's always somebody standing there that he is explaining things to. But, um, regardless, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, this is that episode, uh, like listen, which was a really good script by Stephen Moffat, but this is the whole, you know, the whole episode is just the the opening bit from that. And, you know, Stephen Moffat has been doing this a while now, and I feel like it's almost like he does this on a dare. He wants to challenge himself. And he's like, what if I did an episode that's entirely just Peter Capaldi running around? And that's it. And I, th- and I think that's, I mean, look, if there are going to, and that's the thing about Doctor Who that I do enjoy is like there are hits and there are misses. But at the end of the day, I think Moffat and, and the other writers it's like, okay, that one didn't work, but why didn't it work? And what can we do better? But one other thing that I, I saw, which was this, the the visual graphical nature of the thing, was this where the TARDIS starts to boot up, like he's waking up. Oh, yeah. And his TARDIS is much, you know, it has a very similar nature with its clockworkness. Yeah. Um, especially above the, above the actual... Um, uh, plunger is what I'm going to say, but that's not what I whatever. mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. The time rotor or whatever it is. Yeah, the, exactly. It's the plunger. Yeah, it's the time plunger. Sure. That's what it is. But uh, but, but that has a, a very similar nature to everything that we're seeing right now. And this circular, you know, montage or c- circular uh, theme. Yeah, well, it's... 
I I've kind of felt like they were almost paying off the opening title sequence, which is all the gears because they're gears, right? They're clock gears throughout this, they're everywhere, and um and they're kind of lit orange, which always reminds me of not only the 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 previous design TARDIS was very orange. The regenerations are orange. I've always thought of it as kind of a a time lordy kind of color. We see the we see the clocks, and then the 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 um the whole tower spins around like a clock. And when he's told, and the windows almost look like um the, those arrow slits or whatever they are when they're spinning around, almost look like they would be like Roman numerals of a on a clock face. I I had that moment where I thought he's in twelve. Of course it's twelve because right. everything in a clock is one through twelve. Right. This is at the top of the clock. This is midnight is where we're going is the last. I'm telling you, yeah, from the from the very start of this season or with, with Capaldi, you had the gears. So I there that that theme, we're going to say, oh, duh. it's going to be one of those moments where you're just like, oh, why didn't I see this coming? So did you notice um, there's early on there's writing on the wall? Did you notice that in the hall in the hallway? I I kept in one, the very beginning. Yeah, uh, I I kept wondering what it was, and I went back and I looked, and and it's uh, what he says at the beginning. <laughs> That's actually written on the wall there. As you come into this world, something else is also born. You begin your life, and it begins a journey toward you. Wherever you go, whatever path you take, it will follow. That's what's written on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and he and he explains to Clara. That if he goes from one end to the other, he has something like 86 minutes right. to do work, eat, or sleep. Yeah. Which I've never seen him sleep. I mean, that... No. that yeah. Um, he, I, I think there was an episode earlier this year where, where she said, do you, you sleep? And he says, I sleep. When? And he, he says something like, when you're not looking. <laughs> or, or, or maybe it's when you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> something like that it's insulting is basically the answer sure. the non-answer answer um uh talking about clara the other thing that i thought was really interesting is last week so last week she dies it's very dramatic it's very sad she faces her death her fate and she dies and it's very sad but um i know that there were some people who were complaining like um there we don't get that moment we don't get that morning moment afterward that we get some goodbyes beforehand and then she dies and he's basically then taken away to teleport to where we see him in this episode and um i think that i think there's some validity in that it's like do you 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 should probably see the audience needs to see the doctor mourning for Clara. And I think, you know, this is the answer, which is this entire episode while he's solving the puzzle, this entire episode, he's mourning for Clara. This episode is about him mourning for Clara. You sure, could, you could sure. argue that he gets to mourn for Clara for more than 2 billion years. Right. Although it's I, I just think the that, same I think day. that's, yeah. Well, I think it's significant, you know, even though he's reliving it, I mean, he's still healing from it. Yeah. Yeah. And he says at one point, um, that uh, it's the it's the dying the dying isn't the problem it's all the days after that they stay dead and I think it's interesting mm. that here what we see is we see him on the day you lose someone and he never he never really gets to the day that that she stays dead because he keeps reliving this one day um, just another little piece in the wall of this kind of crazy loop of an episode but I, I feel like it's a good it's a fitting morning f- uh, piece for clara in the sense that he's talking to her the whole time her 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 absence is uh palpable you know it's it's and painful and when he goes to his little headspace his little sherlock headspace she's there 
at least some form of him. And then in the moment where he needs the kick in the pants, um, she gives it to him. And now, now let me just go back a sec with Claire because I was trying to talk to somebody last night about this. You know, Claire had jumped in his, into his time stream way right. back in the Matt Smith days. Yeah, all the Impossible Girl stuff. Yeah, right. It, did she just? Did they kind of just like hand wave that away? Or was there something that kind of solidified her so that she was just a teacher again? So uh, I think the implication is that when she jumps into the time into his time stream in that in the episode, what is that? The name of the doctor, uh, yes. which is the one before the 50th anniversary episode. When she does that, that's what creates all the kind of like extra Claras who are out there. And then Matt right. Smith jumps in and pulls her back. And that's the real Clara. So the real Clara was always that Clara. Um, and it's just that in that moment when she jumped in there, she also kind of generated these fragments. It, it's a little hand wavy because like the, we're told throughout that that she's basically sacrificing herself to to save the doctor. And that all makes sense. And I felt like that's that's a way, interesting way for a companion to die. But that's what, a, what I thought. What a and way to do it, it. And then they kind of cheat it and have her come back out. Right. And I was just like, and I think that was the big confusion for me because I was like, wait a minute. So you're just going to let her die like this when yeah. you really had a glorious death back yeah. in the other one? I guess I can I can accept it to a certain point. And I mentioned this last week on the podcast that I can almost accept it, Clara dying this way because everything we've ever known about Clara is about death, right? Every time we see her, uh, she dies. And so why should the one that's on the show be any different but it seems strange when there there were yeah there were other better exits for her it would have been how operatic how amazing would it have been for for it to be that moment to have been permanent where she says well look i'm not i'm not actually even really going you may see me again because i'm going to be shattered into a million bits saving you all over the place but this is the end for me it's just that that episode can't bear to let her go so they bring her back well and who could i mean she's she she has been a very like an, a pretty awesome companion uh, oh i agree i think jenna coleman is great i i think i i saw somebody on twitter say the other week that uh that maybe maybe she should be the next doctor that the the, the peter capaldi doctor mourns her so much that when he regenerates the next time he looks like clara and then uh, jenna coleman can actually be the doctor for a, a couple of years i wouldn't be against that she's very good she's very good well, and she was already acting as exactly. if she was the doctor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What and would doing... you do? The same as me. Yeah, that line in this, that that's a real, real resonance in this episode where, where, uh, and we know he can yeah. do it. He, he purposefully, um, regenerated into that face of, right. what was his name? Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Cachilius, I think. That yes. guy from the yeah. old Cachilius. Yeah. Yeah. That, that line. Um, what should I do, Clara? And the chalkboard's the same as you. And he says, yeah, that's what got you killed. Like he, he's, he's, he's got that guilt. He's got that burden that he's, that he, you know, he created the thing that, you know, he created who she was and that it got her killed. But in general, I thought like this was a good episode to as much action and mystery and Peter Capaldi is in it. It is, it is all about mourning Clara too. Ah, just a phenomenal episode. I, I, I was just, I was, you know, just I thank you for 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 letting me do this today. But like for just this episode was just the, what I needed to to kind of jump back into Doctor Who 
in a bigger way. That's great. I'm really glad you didn't watch two, the one two weeks ago for this podcast because that one was all rubber monster. And uh, not, yeah, and I'm not, aware. And not, <laughs> not that great. Um, I actually liked the the look of that one, but um, then we spent 45 minutes on Here Liz Miles and I spent 45 minutes tearing apart the plot because it made no sense. But uh, a, Yeah, I was right there with you. Yeah, but this one, yeah, this was, you You, you, got, a, you got a good one, I got to say. And we're rolling into, next week will be the season, season finale. But uh, this was, yeah, amazing too that it, it manages to address the previous episode, set up the next episode, and yet feel like... It's also that one-man show, Tour de Force, Peter Capaldi showcase episode. All of those things happen simultaneously, which is a really neat trick. And again, I have to say, I've said this before, it's uh, totally Stephen Moffat showing off. But he's, he's what I always say about him, he's a, an extremely talented writer, and he knows it, and he wants to show you that he is. And, um, you know, generally that's a good thing, I think, but you definitely feel it here that that uh, i think this is a great episode it also exists because he wants to he wants to show that he could do it but it's it's a neat trick the fact that it pays off last week sets up next week and yet still feels not like a transitional i mean you guys talk about moving the furniture around on the flash flash cast mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. where there are those episodes where it's like why did why did all these things happen this week on the flash and the answer is because we needed to get to the the stuff next week <laughs> and this right. this is doing that but at no point do you feel that they're just mer- moving the furniture around right you don't feel like like oh boy so I'm just going to spend 50 minutes just watching this, and it really – it's only going to benefit me next week. Yeah, next week's going to be great. <laughs> right, but this week, <laughs> nope, not just so homework. much. Just prep. Did, did did last week's end as a to-be-continued? It did. They, th- they, threw up the, um, they threw up the to-be-continued card at the end after he – I mean, basically, Clara dies. He goes, I can't believe you didn't watch last week. You got to go back. She dies. It's very sad. She dies, and he, and then he basically goes back inside and is teleported away because he's been trapped by a. He's got like a shackle that's going to teleport him to uh, this destination by the people who've conspired to set him up to get him to to go wherever he's going, and that's you know, and that and then he disappears, and it says to be continued. That's that's how it ends. So it's very right, very so much I'll a bang 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 kind of. Clara dies. Um, a shielder who's responsible basically apologizes. He's really angry, and then he he vanishes to be continued. Uh, wow! Yeah, yeah they, I, they they nailed this one. I, I mean, this is a season of almost entirely two parters. So I, I feel like that's we have what to... I was going to say. Like almost everything, I, except for maybe one. Yeah, the la- the last uh, pair of episodes before this were not uh, were not a two parter, but everything else is ar- arguably a two parter. Um, and we always say after the end of part one, like, well, we won't really know whether this episode was good until we get the resolution of it. Because while it seemed fine now, there's a lot of stuff hanging for next time. And that's the nice thing about this episode that we got is even though this is very clearly a, a part two or even arguably a part two of three, a part uh-huh, one of two uh-huh. or a part two of three, again, it works on its own. I don't need to see next week to say that this is a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was all self-contained, and then plus, and then just. But then you take the last, you know, minute of the of the episode. You're just like, man, this guy is gonna fight like yeah. no other. Mm. No, he's he's. We thought he was mad. We thought he was mad at the end of the last episode, and we thought he was mad at the beginning of this episode. But by the end of this episode, not only his it, he's as mad as he was on the day Clara died, because for him, it basically is the day Clara died. 
It's not like the Jason Bourne moment. Yeah. Like, I'm going to bring this right to your doorstep. So he's he's furious at who's behind this. He's found that it's the Time Lords. He, but from his perspective, Clara just died. And he also knows that he's been in this loop for two billion years. So he's not happy. <laughs> so now do you think – now I now this is where you know the wibbly-wobbly, timely-wobbly thing starts to happen. It, has he really been – you know, in there for two billion years, or you know, is it basically like pop, pop? You know, really, you know, time inside your confessional disc didn't exist. Exactly. I I think that may be the case. I'm also unclear on Gallifrey and where where its position is in time, whether it's in a particular time in the past, in our past or future, because he's coming from modern day Earth. Um, oh, and also, are they in? Is he, has he been in this pocket universe? We don't know anything about their position right now. But I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say when he mentions that this is some kind of a loop, um, that that it's a, like a closed energy. He loop. He did say that, right? Yes. That perhaps what what although although this time has passed subjectively, it's actually no time passing in the outside world. Um, it, I don't think it really matters, but. Um, if if he's gone through billions of cycles or 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 hundreds of billions of cycles, um, maybe a trillion cycles if you if you count it out, depending sure. on how long the days are. I mean, I don't know, three days. I, I, somebody can do the math of more than two billion iterations on three days or two days or however long he's there. Um, it's not not good. Uh, whatever it is, it's not good. So you know what he he's mad is what I'm saying is rather, right. You just you're just you're just amping up the uh, yeah. the uh, anger fluid. Yeah, there, 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 he could not be more, you know, he's already had problems with his people, and now he could not be more displeased about what's happened because they've basically gotten Clara killed. They put him through this torture chamber, and now he's he seems to have been, he's been afraid of his role. If he truly is the hybrid and fated to do all these things, he has been afraid of his role and ran away. And at this point, it, it seems an awful lot like he's ready to embrace the role of being the destroyer. Of Gallifrey, and that's really interesting. <laughs> well, and the see, and it, and if they did that to him, it would be very similar to the way they did it to the master. You know, yeah. they screwed him up yep. in order for them to try to pop through. Yeah, that's it, it's a question of why do these renegades? Why are they the way they are? They're not like regular time lords just hang out on Gallifrey and they do whatever they do, eat whatever time lords eat. You know, that's what they do. But the doctor and the master didn't do that. There's got to be a reason, and you know we've been told the reasons were like they get bored, they they the time lords are corrupt, whatever. But now what we what we've been told in the last few years is the master did it because he went crazy because the time lords made him crazy, and uh, the doctor did it because he was fleeing because he was afraid, perhaps because he realized that he was the resolution to this uh, prophecy. I don't know. There's a reckoning coming. I think there is, and I guess we'll find out about it next week. Oh. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Well, Mose, thank you for being on the Doctor Who Flashcast this week. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Oh, it's my honor. It was my honor. I've had I've had different guests for for the last eight weeks. It's been uh, it's been great. Glad you glad glad you got on. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to uh, the Doctor Who Flashcast. We'll be back uh, for the big one next week. Big one season finale. This was this was heaven sent. Next week is hell bent. I think really? we know. I think we know who's hell bent. <laughs> the doctor is is has arrived. He is not happy. Uh, we'll see you next week for that on the Doctor Who Flashcast.
Doctor Who Flashcast on the Incomparable. Doctor Who.